and we are live. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Soul Survivor Podcast. Back here, podcasting for episode two of Survivor Season 43. Love to be back on this great Wednesday night, 10.15 Eastern time, after a hour and a half second episode. How are you doing, Ryan? Dylan, I'm doing well. Uh, I want to get started, but before we go, I think I would like to make this more festive, and I wanted to see if you wanted to add some beads to my bracelets. I I, I want to make sure I have a full bead that can go all the way around before we can kick off the podcast officially. I, you know, you know, it's so, it's so funny you say that. I should have, uh, you know, I, I we had some time before the episode ended, mm-hmm. and you know, when this podcast started, I should have like photoshopped beads on the uh, on the borders here. Uh, of the screen uh, it could it could have been it could have been a great you know some great decoration for the podcast you so you have no beats for me i have nothing i got nothing for you well i can't vote now so <laughs> but yeah uh, a lot to talk about tonight a lot you know we saw some new twist like not i don't not a completely new twist but like sort of a new twist so that was awesome to see uh we're gonna dive right into that um you know it wasn't the hour and a half episode i i expected and it, in that sense it wasn't like so action-packed it was more like we took a lot of this extra time to learn more about the characters and hear more about their their backstories i actually think this was interesting by survivor because you know so many seasons prior um you know i should say the last two seasons prior like we were complaining about you know um you know spending too much time on backstories and here it was like they kind of just crammed it all into one episode a lot of it, like several players, we've already heard their backstories in the first two episodes. I feel like we're going to get a lot less of that going forward. And maybe we're just going to like transition slowly into gameplay more. But uh, it was definitely a good episode to learn a lot more about the characters, about the tribe dynamics. And I'm excited to dive right into that as well. Um, but, you know, Justine voted out tonight. Uh, second player eliminated from Survivor Season 43. We had a 3-1-1 vote. Ryan, as you always do so eloquently, do you want to get into what happened with the vote tonight? Well, again, thank God I take notes and thank God we uh, at least give ourselves a few minutes after the episode to go live because I was texting you and I was saying to myself, it was a 3-2-1. I love 3-2-1s. And then it wasn't. It was a 3-1-1 and then I I thought someone else had a vote. The problem with the new era is that you lose track very easily of who has your vote and who doesn't. So it does make it a bit convoluted. Um, but it was a 3-1-1 vote. So the the alliance of Co- Cody, NECA, and Jesse, they all voted for Justine, who went home. And Noel and Justine split their votes. Noel voted for NECA, and Justine voted for Cody. So 3-1-1. Now, people I saw on Twitter saying off the bat, well, what? How did Cody get a vote? That makes no sense. Like, why would Cody get a vote? The, the girls are they're screwing themselves. I remember back after the immunity challenge, the group had discussed, uh, well, essentially it was Dwight, Jesse, and the girls, Noel and Justine. They thought they were all together in a four-person group, and they wanted to split the votes 2-2 against, um, against uh, what's it called, Cody and NECA to make sure NECA doesn't play her shot in the dark. I know we all forget about shot in the dark in this new era sometimes, but they wanted to prevent against that. And even though Dwight lost his vote, it still would have been Jesse probably throwing one vote onto Cody and the girls or somebody voting two people on NECA. So it could still be then a 2-2-1 and then they could vote NECA out on the revote. So they they were trying to split the vote. That's why Justine voted for Cody. But ironically, Dylan, even if she had voted NECA with Noel, it still would have been a 
it still would have not been enough, basically. She still would have gone home. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, given that Cody was able to get all the beads together and get his yeah. vote back um, so heroically, and we'll get into that, uh, it wouldn't have mattered if the girls just banded up and, and voted together. That being said, I'm pretty surprised the girls did not vote together. Um, you know, I guess they figure, uh, you know, you don't want to screw up a vote if you're part of some plan. But, like, if you're those girls, especially... I especially just, I, I guess, I guess either one of them theoretically could have been being blindsided. But if you're one of those two girls, you would want to, you know, splitting votes is always risky. It's always risky on both sides. It's like, I don't know if, if that was, you know, I, I'm pretty surprised. Look, I'm just pretty surpri- surprised they split, they split votes because, you know, if they, if they had stuck together, at least there would have been, you know, a slight chance here. It's like, all right, you're really pretty much sealing your own fate if they do turn on you. Um, so I thought that was interesting. First of all, um second of all just real quick before you know i'll let you answer with what i said mm-hmm. um justine they made it seem like she kind of just sealed her own fate in this game i mean she was saying a lot of stuff that it's like if you're going on survivor what are you telling other people that you're a great liar for that that's crazy like it you know it's just it's crazy i think she was way too overconfident um she you know again you can't you can't be going and telling people that you're lying you can't be you know, it, she she was not blending also well with the group. It was like she was kind of staying to Noelle. Um, and I think this will actually help Noelle's game a lot now that Justine is out because Noelle will kind of be able to play freely without being tied down to her. But yeah, Justine definitely sealed her own fate. But yeah, you could talk a little bit more about the vote split. I'm pretty surprised that they ended up, you know, going along with that plan to split votes. Yeah, I mean, I think when you split the votes in a, in a six-person tribe, and even before the new era, we've seen this as well. I mean, if you think back to Kagiyan, uh, classically, um, the the beauties they split their votes against Bryce and Morgan, essentially. Um, in that case, and then if you go back to Ko Rong, the brains split the votes two 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 against Liz and Peter to split up Liz and Peter in case there was an idol. So even before the era of 41 42 43 and even before shots in the dark we, we have seen people do this before i still feel like splitting votes in a small tribe like this can like you as we see tonight can get very risky and finicky if just one person flops so it's a very risky strategy but i can at least understand why the girls did it um if that was the plan before tribal and noel and justine knew that dwight didn't have a vote but if they had jesse on their side they could at least tie up the vote with cody and neca ensuring that neca would go home on the revote the problem was they didn't have jesse and that's really what it came down to so that's why i think you're right that we don't know really why people do it a lot if it's risky but we have seen it before in a three-person tribe uh i guess the question to that we need to answer as we always do dylan is was this the right move for those who voted out Justine. And I think you're saying it was, and I agree because from what we see in the episode, um, Justine is kind of saying things to Jesse. That's giving a lot of red flags to him. Like I can't trust you or I'm a good liar. And this, uh, this vote really went how Jesse wanted it to go tonight. And I mean, I guess you could argue was Justine going to be a bigger threat in the game than NECA more of a mover and a shaker. I think you could argue yes, but it's clear that she was just giving Jesse way too many red flags early. Yeah, and this goes back to a old strategy that you know Russell had. It's like if somebody goes at you, the best move is just to get them out. You know what I mean? If you or if you tell somebody else information, and you're like, oh, oh no, I, I, they know information that nobody else knows about me. Get, get rid of them. Make sure that they can't do something against you. This is kind of like that same thing. It's like, all right, she's going against me. I'm gonna get rid of that and make sure that this can't happen again. Even if, even if she's with me for this vote, she clearly doesn't trust me. It's best to just get her out. 
Um, now, what one thing I will say is Jesse has positioned himself in a spot that is good, but may not be good this early in the game. Um, and what I say about when I say that is like you look back to players who've done this recently, like a Shan, for example, who seemed to be positioned perfectly in the middle. Everyone liked her. And the next thing you know, uh, she quickly keeps moving up, 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 up. And now all of a sudden Shan is the biggest threat because she's positioned perfectly and she's the biggest threat in the game. Uh, when there's only seven people left or eight people left and they get voted out. We saw with Omer also is like, he played it perfectly about as perfectly as you could play it. And then once you hit that, you know, that place where there's not a lot of places to hide, which is, you know, eight left, seven left. It's incredibly hard to keep that low level of threat. So I think Jesse is brilliant. I think Jesse will be a major player in this game. Um, I do wonder how sustainable it is to go with this strategy and become this uh, in control this early. Maybe it's best sometimes to be in the Owen spot uh, where maybe, you know, you may have got a vote against you in the first tribal council, but nobody really thinks you're playing, even though you are, and you're kind of just coasting along for now. Um, in modern day survivor, that may be the best way to go. So I'm kind of curious to see how these different paths play out with all these different people. Yeah. So, I mean, I obviously, and I wrote this in our, our show notes, but I mean, I, I, with Jesse, obviously, how could I not love what Jesse's doing on one hand? I mean, obviously positioning himself in the middle, he, uh, but everyone in the group thought they were with him. Uh, we'll kind of go through the episode in a little bit, step by step, but him, his relationship with Dwight, I like him pulling in the outsiders and he positions himself well. Now, I don't want to read too much into the edit, but like you said, Dylan, does he kind of peak himself too early? And I, and I feel like with players like this, and I, I hope Jesse still goes far and wins, but I have a habit of doing this, Dylan, both in drafts and also in preseason coverage. I always seem to find a player that is a good strategic player, but they kind of come out swinging. Like I took high in a draft last year and high peaked really early and then it kind of went downhill. Jesse had a lot of confessionals tonight. I loved hearing him as a narrator and be and driving the strategy, but it could have been too early. But to your other point, though, was this the right move for him or was he kind of doing a lot too early? I, I almost missed it, um, but I saw at the end of the episode, I think he and Dwight weren't on the same page, and Dwight was like, we're going to have to talk later. And clearly, as we saw from the um, the post-challenge uh, post scramble, Dwight wanted to stay with the girls, and Jesse clearly wanted to go with Cody and NECA because the girls were a lot closer than Cody and NECA were. So, I mean... Yes, now he's kind of throw. He's now thrown his lot in with Cody and Neca, and they now have a three to two advantage over Dwight and Noel. But Dwight may not be as loyal to him unless Jesse can smooth this all over. Yeah, I I think it, you know it'll be interesting. Um, fortunately for so I believe Dwight Dwight gets his vote back next tribal. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that should be interesting. That being said, like Dwight doesn't really have anywhere to go. So I don't really think if you're in Jesse's spot, it's like, it doesn't really matter that, uh, that he's now kind of against you or maybe mad at you. It's like, all right, you have your, you have your people. Um, Cody and NECA seem pretty loyal. I, I want to give some love to Cody first before we go through, uh, chronologically. Um, obviously that was the big story of this episode is like, I, I, I tweeted it. A pre-merge legends is born tonight. was like an awesome, awesome episode for Cody. And it's funny. Cause you know, it's so hard to read in, you know, this is why you never read into the preview or anything. They made it seem like this was going to be like a joke episode for Cody, where he was going to be kind of just like shown as this jokester and a guy who's not serious about the game. I almost think 
that Cody being who Cody is, and that's just like, you know, I don't want to say he doesn't think everything through, but is more willing to take risks and maybe not as calculated as a Jesse, that could help him more in this type of game. What do I mean by that? Uh, I'm not sure anybody else besides Cody pulls off what Cody pulled off tonight. The way that the beware advantage was put together, you had to be amazing socially to get that done. You had to be able to come up with some story or come up with some reasoning to get everybody to give you a specific bead, not just bead, a bead, a specific bead off their bag. And Cody just did it so easily and so perfectly. And it shows how good he is socially. Like people like him, people are drawn to him. And that's very important in Survivor. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a social experiment. I mean, it always has been. Um, could somebody like Justine have, has, have pulled this off? I don't think so. Could somebody well, like... Well, Justine is a salesperson, Dylan. Let's let, let's be honest, okay? <laughs> yes, the, the feared salesperson now. Uh, but yeah, could... could And I don't want to just single her out because she went home. Could uh, could Jesse have even pulled this off? I'm not, I'm not sure he could have pulled it off, honestly. We, we, uh, we, we, you know, it's one thing to you know, operate strategically. It's another thing to operate under pressure. We have to get something done. Uh, otherwise, like it was just, it was so impressive. It was like, and it was just, everyone kind of wrote it off as him being Cody. I don't think anyone was suspicious about what was going on. I think it was just like, he just wants beads because he's Cody and he pulled it off so seamlessly. I think Cody could kind of ride this, ride this far into this game. His personality, people are going to be drawn to him. Um, the, the place that Cody could run into an issue is if people start to not trust him because of who he is, mm. um, but we'll see what happens. I, I think he did a really awesome job tonight and now he has an idol. So it's awesome to see. Yeah. I, I can't wait to delve more into this beware advantage once we get through it in the episode, but I do agree with you. I love how it was focusing more on the social elements of the game and it really was reminiscent of Tony having to fight back from extortion where Tony loses his vote. I believe, and maybe even more. I think he lost his vote at the next tribal unless he was able to buy it back. for. He was being extorted for four fire tokens, essentially, and he had to get it back. And he had to use his social capital. And, you know, we all think of Tony as a great strategist, but Tony clearly is very great socially as well. And like you mentioned, in and of itself, Survivor is a social game. Yes, you have strategy. Yes, you have the physical element. But people, in the end of the day, are going to vote for who they like. And if they respect you as a player and as, as a person. So... I give a lot of credit to Cody with his social game for being able to pull this off. I think some people could have, some people clearly on the season could not pull it off, but I think he did a great job here. And it did remind me of Tony having to get four whole fire tokens uh, in order to get his vote back. So I do give Cody a lot of credit here, even though clearly the episode was painting it like Jesse is the one deciding this vote. Cause if Jesse wanted to, he could have went with the girls, but even though Jesse was kind of like driving the car, essentially, like to use a metaphor, it's clear that Cody was obviously big, a big mover and shaker in this as well, for sure. And and this is why this was so awesome, though, is like Survivor looked in the past and they said, what what has been an awesome moment uh, in the history of this show? You know, that people love, that people will talk about forever, as long as this show is on. And one of the best episodes of all time is Tony being able to get fire tokens from everybody else and, you know, defeating extortion uh, and, and then ending, ending up and pulling the, one of the craziest blind sides you've ever seen uh, in a four, three, two vote on Sophie. It's like, yeah, like why not bring something like that back? There may not be fire tokens left in survivor, but 
we could just, you know, throw these beans beads on bags and make them valuable for this specific time and, you know, make somebody get an idol out of it. And that's how we're going to try to recreate this Tony moment. Survivor did a great, great job of that. I don't know if the phrases are coming back at some point, but this is so much better because now Cody, he just had to rely on himself. He didn't have to, you know, it's not like you, you could say he got quote unquote screwed if he, if he didn't get, if he, or I should say, if he lost his vote, you could say he got quote unquote screwed, but not really. Like everyone knows what a beware advantage means at this point. The people in 43 have seen that. So it would have just been his own fault. It was like, it was in his own hands. He didn't have to wait for other people to find an idol in order for him to possibly get his vote back. And that's why I like this so much is like, you're not, it's not luck anymore for you. You know, it's in your, your fate is in your own hands. So Survivor did a really great job controlling you know, the narrative for this one and making sure that the beware advantage turns into something that was a lot better and a lot more controllable. And I love that. Yeah, no, for sure. Do you want to talk more about the beware advantage now, or do you want to circle back to it as we go through things? Uh, I mean, I think we kind of went over it good for now. Let's, okay. let's go back to the beginning of the episode. Cause it was a 90 minute episode. We did learn a lot about the other tribes, a lot about the tribal dynamics. So let's go there. And then eventually we'll circle back to beware mm -hmm. advantage. Right. But we did get a lot from the yellow tribe. Um, this episode, obviously, they were the center of attention last episode going to Tribal Council. I have to say, what a bounce back episode it was for pretty much everybody on Yellow, that tribe as a whole. I told you I expected them to be a tribe that was going to lose a lot. They may still lose a lot. We don't know. But at least for now, they came in first and they dominated that immunity challenge. And that was awesome to see. You know, a lot of these players kind of, you know, seemingly, you know, getting their footing in the game. So that was good to see. And I also think that this yellow tribe has a lot of contenders for the season and they're awesome to watch for that reason. Yeah. I mean, when you think of the yellow tribe, no offense to Gabler, but when you think, when you think of Ellie, Owen, Sammy, and even Janine, yeah, for sure. I can think of a bunch of contenders on this tribe that I would not be surprised two episodes in if they won or if they were a deep threat in the end to win the game. Um, and yeah, I, I think, I think again, we talked about this preseason. We said we thought the Blue Tribe would be the best tribe challenge-wise. And so far, the Blue Tribe hasn't lost yet. Um, the Red Tribe, even though they lost tonight, they won the opening ch reward challenge and they won last week. So, you know, I, I mean, I think at this point, they've all proven that they're equal in some ways. I mean, we've talked about this last week, how there's no Jonathan and there's no one tribe that's the clear runaway favorite. They all have their own strengths. They all have puzzle solvers they all have big physical players so and that makes it fun it makes it a lot more even i know some people for a story perspective they like seeing the they like seeing the oolongs they like seeing the um the heroes they like seeing the mat sings the tribe that goes to tribal over and over as part of a story but then you have other people who like a more balanced approach like they, they'll love if each tribe loses twice, like last season, each tribe lost twice before the merge. So it depends if you want a more balanced story or a more underdog story. And I think that Baca, the yellow tribe winning tonight, shows that they can win challenges. They're not incapable of winning. And it could set them up for a late game run if they can keep their numbers. Um, again, Gabler seems like the, the outlier there. But the rest of them, if they can stick together, could be big threats in this game potentially. Yeah, I agree. Um, Gabler seemed to kind of rebound this episode. And we, I mean, we, we went from last episode ready for him to give up his spot in the game, basically, just because he screwed up a challenge to uh, now it's like, you know, you see him, you know, struggling with the physical aspect that could be an issue going forward. But it seems like 
He's, you know, strategically, we didn't see any major botches tonight, which was good. Owen, um, we got we got a little bit from him at the beginning. Um, you know, we got that funny moment of him carrying the pot um, and, you know, all worried about other players trying to find idols as Ellie literally looks in the tree that the, that the idol was in and was unable to find it, which is always a brutal moment, seemingly happens every single season. Um, but yeah, I, I really like the group that we have. Um, Janine, we got from, uh, a little bit from her tonight. Um, you know, we didn't get a lot from her last episode, but we, we got a lot of positive stuff tonight from her. Ellie, I still completely feel great about. So like, and you know, we didn't get a ton from Sammy tonight, but we saw, you know, what he's capable of last episode. This tribe has five players who I think, you know, I think all of them can make runs in this game and it should be interesting to see going forward. Yeah. So the thing with this tribe, and again, like you said earlier, I love how, we got to see a lot of tribe dynamics and different shift. And first of all, I have to agree with Mike Bloom on this. Mike tweeted this. I agree completely. I think this episode proves that we could really use, especially for the pre-merge post-merge. You can make an argument. One hour is fine. I think we need an hour and a half episode at least once or twice in the pre-merge, if not all pre-merge, because I feel like two episodes in, I've really gotten to know these players really well. Like even some players from last week who weren't as visible, I got a like like Janine, for example, I got a much better sense of them tonight and their story and also where they're positioned because people are positioned in a certain way in the tribe based on based on some people, then otherwise, sorry, I heard it might be a baseball thing. I heard some screaming behind me. It might be a Mets thing. Um, but that you have people like, you know, Carla, where it's like, you know, I'm in the, this group that thinks I'm with them, but I'm actually with this group, and that's where my true intentions lie. So I love seeing an hour and a half episode where I really get to see where people stand and you point out Sammy here. So it's like, Sammy says, okay, well, you know, the girls, you know, I could go with them, Janine and Ellie, but, and I, and I'm not somebody who wants an all guys Alliance, but they're underestimating us. Like they think we're, we're dumb and we're going to vote for each other. We can turn the tables on them. So I love seeing in a longer episode. And I'm sure you agree early on, what are the tribe dynamics and getting to know these players really well. Right. The guys are not just, all sitting around and saying I'm Patrick Mahomes and throwing coconuts like they're they're legit you know strategizing but the girls don't see it yet it's like that's awesome to see I think that you know and I, I keep thinking back to you know o, Owen and Sammy here and you know the spot they're in right now it's like you want to be in that spot where you're underestimated because as we've seen the last two seasons the person who is underestimated may just end up winning the game. So <laughs> I don't know how long that, you know, strong guys like that can go underestimated for. Um, that being said, it's definitely a spot that you want to be this early. While we're on Baca, and uh, let me know if you thought the same thing. Before the immunity challenge, because once we had the immunity challenge, we Jeff told us only one person's going to go home. It's still two tribes win, one goes to tribal, second person voted out. I still thought it was weird that we got an hour and a half right after a two-hour episode. And this illness come. This is a curse. Us being super fans, we read into the episode. We read into the length time. I read into what time we go to tribal, so I know if something's going to happen. I, I said to my dad, I should just block the clock when I'm watching, so I, I don't know what time it is because that, that's going to form my whole perception. Did you think with Baca, there was a chance Gabler could leave? Now I, I'm only saying that because they made a whole thing about his idol. Is he still going to be safe? Is he not going to be safe? And they had that whole segment at the beginning where he was kind of struggling after the storm and he feels kind of weak and he's like resting a lot and he's aching. 
I'm not saying that I thought he was going to get metabacked, but I just thought for some reason, I'm like, they're showing a lot here about Gabler on a night where they don't go to tribal at all. And I was like, why do we have an hour and a half? I may have been reading too much into it though. Yeah. I never got the sense that he was going to leave. I, mean, I was watching with my mom and she was like, Oh, is he going to collapse? Like I was like, uh, I mean, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe he would have gotten a med visit, but yeah. 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 Maybe. Um, I think that they just kind of use this time to to basically squash what everybody was bashing them about for two seasons, at least one season in 41. And that was, you know, a lot of people were always were confused with all the advantages going on, what the actual tribe dynamics were. So I think they really just took advantage of this hour and a half and said, we're only going to have one vote out. It's going to be a pretty normal episode. We're just going to show more character moments and this way everybody starts to feel attached to the characters this early on and it makes for a better season i think that's that's probably what they said we're just so wired that when we think hour and a half when we think two hours we're like up two people going home up some crazy thing happens tonight but nope i just think this was survivor just doing a good job telling character stories tonight and showing tribe dynamics well again and i I thought it was interesting how they use the time because the fact that we went back to camp after the immunity challenge, we had so much time before tribal and they still found a segment to go back to Baca, the yellow tribe to go through Gabler's bag and everything. So I found it very interesting how they used uh, this time. Yeah. Yeah, I did also. Um, but let's move on to the Vessi tribe, the red tribe. Um, you know, we got to see them early on here. Also, um, we got a backstory on Dwight tonight. Um Dwight is somebody who looked like a fish out of water uh, last episode. Like he really did. He looked like he was going to be the one on the outs. He looked like he was going to be maybe potential first boot from this tribe. And I have to say, um, while he is still on the outs on this tribe, he did get his footing a little bit and now he has his vote back. So I do want to give him credit. It seems like, um, and he, he kind of says this, whether, whether it's just his perception of what's going on or it's actually happening he feels like he's pretty in with a lot of different players in the tribe. Now we saw based on the vote that not necessarily that's the case, but again, everything could change after one vote. They need to leave him out for tonight. Um, I I was kind of impressed with how he kind of rebounded. Like he really looked like he was on the outside last time. Now it's like, I can see him recovering theoretically if they were to lose. So we'll see what happens, but you would have to think that um, him and Noel just naturally should probably form an alliance whether that happens or not uh who knows but mm-hmm. that seems like an easy thing to happen considering noel just lost justine and then uh dwight was just uh kind of played by jesse so we think that them two could possibly band together um yes they're still outnumbered but yes we've seen crazy things happen in this game you never know what could happen yeah so to me dwight is kind of like a player where almost kind of like Owen where they're going to be in danger early on because they might seem like super fans. They may scheme like they may, <laughs> they may seem like schemers and if they, they're, they make a targeted early on, but if they can scoop past the first couple of votes and they can make it to the merge, a lot of other threats are going to pop up. And I feel like Owen needed that last week. Um, I think he had a great confessional in terms of him handling it well with the tribe. And then even though Dwight loses his vote last episode, the spotlight's not immediately on him. It's, it's clearly between NECA because of a challenge performance and it's between Justine because she's a threat. No one's saying, oh, Dwight lost his vote. Let's just target him right away, get him out of the picture. He can't he can't defend himself. But I'm, I'm glad that Dwight put, seems to be putting himself in a better spot. And I also credit that a bit to Jesse. I think Jesse, I wrote this down here, like Jesse really was taking 
the Rob Sesternino approach of looking at the outsiders and wanting to pull them in. Like Jesse notices, I'm in with both groups. These two, I'm between two pairs, but neither pair really inclu includes Dwight. So I want to pull him in with me, and then that gives me more power. And Dwight also thought he was close with the girls as well. So I, I do think this was interesting, and that's why I said I was nervous for Jesse because he had a very, very long strategic confessional, which could be good and bad. But right away, we got the hints here well early into the episode that Justine is either annoying and or she is throwing up a couple flags. Now, if you're Jesse next episode, you the right move is to get rid of Dwight, I would think, because you're you're like you're like, all right. I mean, this, you know, could have led to something. But now, like, I've already betrayed him. I need to just I need to just get him out of the game. Otherwise, I'm in trouble down the line if I keep him around. So I, I feel like it depends, and, and I know that that's like a cop-out answer. I feel like it depends on the season and on the players. I mean, when you think back to the Tony extortion episode that we referenced already, Tony voted out Sophie but blindsided Sarah. Now, that's obviously a whole different situation because they've played together before. They were friends outside the game. That's apples and oranges. But the point, though, is that he didn't say, well, I got to go after Sarah right away because she'll never trust me again. He's like, she has nowhere else to go now because I, I got rid of Sophie. She needs me in this game, and I'm never going to break her name down. And we saw in the preview that night, Sarah was like, you screwed my game. I'm mad at you. And we're like, oh, God. We said on the podcast with Hef, we're like, should Tony get rid of Sarah? Like, what's going to happen now? Because Sarah can't trust him. They still stuck together until the final four fire making. So it's like, I feel like they can work past this. But it would not surprise me next week if it, it wouldn't. I think what wouldn't surprise me is Jesse doesn't want to go after Dwight because Dwight's still a number for Jesse. But it wouldn't surprise me if Dwight secretly wants the gun for Jesse now, like a one-way street in that regard. Yeah, like we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see if he could forgive it. Um, I'm curious to see what happens, but we'll see next week. Now let's move a little bit to the Coco tribe. The one, the one segment we got with Coco. Yeah, the blue tribe. I was about to say, I feel like I didn't even see any of them tonight, which we really didn't, honestly. Um, we saw a little bit about... Um, Ryan and Geo and Geo's confessional, um, Geo's backstory a little bit. Uh, we saw him and Ryan have a really good relationship. Um, we kind of see that there is a girls alliance going on. Um, but like there's James also there. Uh, Carla's in a really good spot still. She kind of is in with everybody. Um, but yeah, the main takeaway is that Ryan and Geo is very close are very close. Um, now did we get that? I, I hate to read too much into everything here. Yeah. Did we get that because they're going to be an uh, important duo going forward in this game? Or did we just get it because it was a touching story? Who knows? I don't know. To me, it made it seem like given the fact that we only got one thing from them and that was what they wanted us to take away, I'm going to guess that that's probably going to be important coming up soon, but we'll have to see. Yeah, again, we don't want to read too much into things. But I mean, I interpreted that as one of two ways. One, that this tribe will go to tribal council tonight or maybe next week. And Ryan and Gio are going to have to be split up either with a split vote or by some other way because they're too, too close. That's what Carla was saying. Car Carla's in with the girls plus James and she's in with Ryan and Gio, but she wants to go with the girls as of right now because Ryan and Gio are a very tight pair. Whereas maybe she has more cracks and more ways to wiggle through with the girls and James. Uh, so that, that's one way I saw it, but it also wouldn't surprise me if, you know, this blue tribe loses next week and it's, it's clear that, okay, we lost, we have to split up Ryan and Geo, and then Carla flips. Like, I feel like the story, like, basically, basically, if you wanted to teach somebody how to read an edit, it's it's simply the person that they, they show the most 
is usually safe. Like they were saying NECA was so bad. NECA was so bad at the challenge. She's got to go. I'm like, I don't think NECA's going to go anywhere. Like, like that's kind of just how survivor editing works. Uh, so yeah, you're right. I mean, Ryan and Gio could be a, a duo that gets targeted next week or Carla could see Lindsay and Cassidy getting closer. And then she maybe wants to go with them or Lindsay and James. I think Lindsay and James had a really good connection too. I think there was a Philly connection or there was something else, but they might get very close. And then she goes after them. So Carla, I think we compared Carla and Jesse last week. They're both in a very similar swing position and we'll see how that plays out. If blue does lose. Yep. And then we also got a pre immunity challenge. Uh, The only thing we I believe that we didn't talk about was we got a little bit of a backstory on Corey, uh, uh, not Corey, Cody, um, how his friend uh, died of cancer. Uh, he lived in a very small town. It's like every, like everybody was very close in his town. So that's a very sad story. Um, but the interesting thing that made it connect to survivor a little bit also is the fact that he, his friends lost his leg due to cancer and Noel mm-hmm also is has one leg so this was this was a pretty pretty uh uh amazing story to hear um i think you know i'm a huge cody fan Uh, i think a lot of people are especially after tonight but like Mm -hmm. it's awesome to like see that you know the reason he is how he is today is because of this whole story and i think it like brought it all full circle and it was like it was awesome to see yeah here's my thoughts on this dylan and i want to get your thoughts on this as well i always love the backstories I don't know if I always loved like the, the pictures and whatnot. I, I feel like it does take me out of the experience of it. I have, I have some friends who are very survivor purist, very old school survivor. They hate the photos. They hate phrases. They hate backstories. They want just simple, clear cut survivor. And on one hand, I agree that I think when they show the photos of the families, even though I think it's nice to get to know them better, I do think it takes us out of the experience a little bit. Having said that, I still love hearing people's backstories. I love hearing people's motivations and their intentions. Like I loved hearing Cody tell that sad story about his friend losing his leg and then passing away. Hearing Gio talk about him almost, you know, committing suicide because of him not being accepted by his parents for being gay. And when I, when I hear people say, well, survivor never used to do that. I feel like all the time we hear people's backstories in old school survivor. I think back to the Philippines where Lisa Welchel and Penner had a whole conversation about her being a child star. She's, she's afraid of not being liked or she's afraid of people hating her. And then Penner goes into a really emotional conversation with her about, you know, like you're more than what people see on TV. Like you are you, be yourself. And I, and I love hearing people share the backstory. So I, I loved hearing Cody's story tonight. I loved hearing Gio's story. I just think the photos do take us a bit out of it. But that's my thoughts. Do you have any thoughts on that? all that? Yeah. I, I mean, I did think there was a little bit much in terms of backstories tonight. Uh, but I do like hearing them as the season goes on. It's like, you know, and I could do without the photos and stuff There's I don't really need to see that. Um, Cause like you said, it just doesn't feel, it feels a little bit different. Um, that being said, it's like, let's not forget that, you know, let's not act like we've never had backstories in survivor. I mean, let's, we're going to act like, uh, like Jeremy, one of the most likable winners in the history of survivor, in my opinion, at least, um, season 31, like his whole motivation was due to his, you know, his story of what was happening at home and everything like that. And that was like a huge, huge storyline of the season. Like, uh, you know, I, I know that that may be a little bit different than like a full like life backstory, but you know, I, I just, I think that in some cases it, where it pertains to survivor, well, 
I think backstories are awesome here. So in, in this case specifically, especially given what happened with, you know, the way that the arc of tonight's story unfolded, where mm-hmm. Cody talks about, you know, not being afraid to do things, you know, the whole living thing. And then he finds a beware advantage and doesn't even think twice. He doesn't even think I could lose my vote in a 2-2 split uh, and make it a 2-2 split tonight. He said, it, he said, it, he literally said, it. he goes, the beware part did not even cross my mind. And we literally hear right before that, about why he's like that and why he's built like that. So I thought that the backstory with Cody like fit in perfectly to tonight's episode. Yeah, no, I mean, again, we've been hearing these stories even from even back in season one, where like who would think Rich and Rudy would connect? You know, Rudy being a 70-year-old Navy SEAL and Rich being a gay man, and they have a really great connection out there. So I, I think the, the point of the story that we're trying to say is like, it's interesting how Survivor chooses to do the backstories, whether whether they spread them out, do they, they do they load them up early and it takes us out of the experience. But I think telling people stories is like the reason why Survivor is important to understand these characters, how they relate in the society that they create. There's like they create the rules essentially, um, and, and I think also in this new era, I feel like they've done a better job this season and last season about getting to know these players better. And I feel like at this point in both seasons, we knew the casts pretty well. I and mean, I think this is the biggest reason why people, some people were upset with Erica winning 41, because even though Erica clearly made some moves, Erica was a player in the game. We just didn't know enough about her. And we're like, this kind of came out of nowhere. And I feel like now they've tried to edit each of these players better. Like, so I can tell you, I know a lot about most people on this cast. Like we haven't got, gotten like a Noel backstory yet, but you know, that's going to happen at some points. Um, but like, I could tell you a lot about Ellie clearly about Cody, about Jesse. I mean, Jesse's story is incredible. So I feel like I know a lot of these characters pretty well so far. Yeah, I do agree. Um, they're definitely doing a good job with that. Um, now let's get into the immunity challenge real quick. And then we can kind of jump right back to where we were with the beware advantage. Cause I have yeah. a few questions, a few more questions about that. Yeah. Um, uh, this is a challenge that we've seen before with the ginormous snake uh, that apparently weighs 400 pounds. That that was that was a newsbreaker. You know, Jeff has always been like, oh, a heavy snake. And we're like, oh, I mean, it looks really heavy, but like, I don't know how heavy it is. 400 pounds seems excessive. I mean, you have five, four, five. I think it was like, what, five people trying to trying to carry it. So, yeah, that's that's a lot of weight. Um, I thought it was hilarious watching like Cody, like literally like hold on to the thing and like dive off the platform and like try to like just bring it down with his weight. Um, not much else to this challenge. I have to say, except for that puzzle. Um, it was a big puzzle. It looked intimidating, but if you really look at it, it's pretty easy. Once you, I mean, unless you're the red tribe, they, they struggle with it, but, uh, the, the, the puzzle looked pretty easy just cause it's like compared to other puzzles on survivor. It's like, you know, if it's the logo, you know, you at least have the word survivor in it. So for me, it's like, you just, once you get the words, it's like everything else fits together. But, uh, yeah, pretty classic, simple challenge. I don't really have too much to say there. Yeah, all I was going to say quickly was, I mean, yeah, the snake was heavy. People were making a lot of snake jokes uh, on Twitter. Um, And yeah, I mean, five people, 400 pounds, I mean, that's 80 pounds each. And whether you want to say that's heavy or not, I mean, I mean, lifting 80 pounds right now depends if you can do it or not. But also it's like we're eating, we're sleeping, we're well rested. You know, you're you're not well rested or eating out there until that heavy of a snake, which are probably probably weighs even more when it's wet in the water. That's crazy. Um, and again, Jonathan was probably kicking himself that he wasn't here to lift the snake himself in this challenge. But yeah, I mean, this all really came down to Vessi, just the red tribe kind of just being slow in the water. NECA didn't do a great job. They were slow at the puzzle. I mean, Peridium was even saying on Twitter, it, 
you almost could have thought they were throwing it at one point because it just looked they were just slowing down a lot at random points. And you're right, the puzzle wasn't complicated because you can just take off your buff and look at the logo. Like it's right, the answer key's there for you. It's just how do you put it together? But the other reason, of course, that they the camera flashed to that they love to do was NECA apparently left a piece in a bag so they couldn't even finish it regardless. So that the Red, Red Tribe was basically doomed fr from the start with this. Yeah, and, and back to the Red Tribe here and back to the Beware Advantage. I have a question about the Beware Advantage in general, and then we'll get okay. to we have We have a question Perfect. or two in the chat, so we'll get sure. to that at the end. But uh, look, this is something that they haven't specified yet. And I actually, you know, before I get into my question about the Beware Advantage, I think that a main theme of season 41 and 42 was that there were so many advantages and like people had to like rewind their TV and pause the TV in order to figure out the rules. I thought it was interesting that they had a whole segment basically explaining to us that Gabler's idol uh, is still good until the next time yellow goes to tribal, not just like the next time a tribal council happens. Uh, it has to be the next time yellow goes to tribal council. So I thought it was interesting that, you know, they had a whole segment to show us that. So good on survivor for realizing what people were complaining about once again and fixing that. That being said, I do have a question about the beware advantage. Um, they specify when you read the beware advantage, it says, uh, if you don't want to take the risk, just, just leave it there. Could you theoretically take the beware advantage, bury it so that nobody else could find it and then open it after you get back to camp from tribal council this way, uh, you could preserve your vote and then lose your vote later when it may not be as crucial. Personally, I don't think you could do that because it just says leave it. So I just assume you have to put it back to where it was. Um, that being said, we never really hear if you could do that because technically that would have been the right move for Cody to just say, I'm about to go to tribal council. Why am I, I, I know that I'm going to lose my vote. Why not just, you know, bury it? Why not bury it or leave it? Like I, it was just like, if you could, if you could do what I said, if you could find a spot that you're going to know where it is and bury it and then come back to it after where nobody else is going to find it and you could just get it again, yeah. then why not do that? So I'm inclined to say you can't do that, but we don't hear if you could or can't. So I, that's a very good question. And I saw a lot of people on Twitter talking about this. And I, and I, I do agree with you as well that I, I'm glad they had a segment about this because clearly it's not just the audience, but the players themselves have gotten confused about the rules. And again, I, I love Survivor, always will love Survivor. Um, I have said that idols and advantages have kind of become a really big thing of the show. I still think they're important. I just would have liked to have less of them. And if your own players are confused about this and they have to look at the clarifications, um, I think that that kind of tells you something as production that yet your game is a bit complicated. Uh, in terms of the beware advantage, I saw people like the BB president and others talking about this, but I actually think it's the opposite of, I'm, I'm on the opposite page of you. I think if you technically don't open it and you leave it, you can come back to it. Like if, if Cody picks it up and he says, it says, beware, if you open this, you must do what it says. Uh, if you don't want it, then leave it. I think if he puts it back where it was, he can come back to it later and get it. I think that happened in 41 with Shannon Jean. Yeah, go ahead. No, I think you could do that, leave it and then come back to it. I'm saying, could you take it, bury it somewhere so that no, it's like, I, this was like kind of out in the open. Like, I don't know, they like showed it. It was like, it's not, it wasn't that hard to find. Like if you walked past the spot, you were probably going to see it. So it's like, could you take it from the spot it was, move it? That's uh, what I think. I, I understand that you can leave it and then come back. Okay. Right? Well, yeah. So I, I, I agree. I think you can't move it because I think the terminology when it says leave it, it means leave it. Do not move it. Now, 
like you said, you can come back to it. And I think that we saw that in 41. And also that's the right strategy. If you are allowed, and I'm sure, I, I'm sure if people were confused, you, I'm sure you can turn to the cameraman or production and say, can I get a rules clarification? And I'm sure they would tell you like what the rule is. I'm sure they're not going to just screw you with the rules. The right move here clearly is that if you have tribal, especially in these people's instance, because they saw 41 and 42, 41 didn't see, sorry, 42 didn't see 41. So they get a little bit of benefit of the doubt, but 43 saw the last two seasons. They know that a beware advantage from Xander's standpoint, from uh, Mike's standpoint, whoever else had a beware advantage. If you open it, you can, and most likely will lose your votes unless you do something. So the right strategy, in my opinion, is that if you have tribal that night, like Cody found it right before tribal. If you have tribal that night, do not open it. Put it back where you found it. Come back to it later that night or the next day. Hopefully no one else stumbles upon it and you get it then and then you can utilize it. Because Cody, even though he, and we'll talk about it more, pulled off a great move here with the getting the beads, it really could have backfired. Because what if, Dylan, what if he doesn't find it, it ends up being a 2-2 vote, and then on the re-vote, either he goes home or Jesse goes home. Like, he could have really screwed things up here by finding it. So the right strategy for future players would be if you have traveled that night, leave it where it is. You can't probably move it from where it was, but then come back to it. And credit to, I mean, obviously Jesse, Jesse and NECA knew about the advantage and they obviously I'm assuming by tribal council, they knew that Cody had fulfilled the goal and got his vote back and everything. Um, but good on, good on like Jesse for making the split vote happen just in case. Right. So like if if Cody were not to um, fulfill his goal to beware advantage and not have his vote, they still would have technically been fine because they would have they would have won the vote two one one because they still got the girls to split votes. So am, am I correct there? Yeah. Well, I think that's interesting. I think you're right because right. if they don't split the votes and the girls vote together, even with Jesse flipping on them it still becomes a 2-2 vote with cody losing a vote and dwight losing a vote and then cody or jesse could actually go home due to rocks or something like that so you're right and we didn't even see that what if jesse knowing that cody's trying to get the beads is hyping up yeah i know neka's saying to me should my player shot in the dark we need to do a split vote we have to do a split vote to make sure she goes or cody goes so i'm wondering if you're correct that cody no sorry jesse was maybe hyping up a split vote to prevent in case Cody couldn't get the beads, maybe. Yeah, I, I think my guess is that, yes, that's probably what happened. Because like like I said, we spoke about this a lot earlier in the podcast. It's like, if you're the girls, like you have to kind of fear splitting votes in this scenario. Like numbers are important when there's only six people in a tribe or, mm -hmm. or yeah, six people, five votes. Um, so yeah, I, I, I want to give Jesse credit and say that he's the guy that made the split vote happen. Um, and like, you know, like, like I said, if for whatever reason, Cody cannot get the beads from Noel, then they still get what they want tonight. So good on them. Yeah. And, and like we said earlier with this beware advantage, I love how it really goes back to the social game. And it's not just like, I mean, the worst example of a beware advantage was even before it was a beware advantage. It was where the, an island of the idols, this, like this advantage fell in front of Jamal's face. He was told to go to Islands of the Idols and he was told, hey, you lost your vote. Sorry. Then they try to fix it, but it's still like you lose your vote with the beware advantage. So I'm happy that there's now a more social element to it. And if you can pull off a social mission with currency, that's what Jeff said at Tribal. Jeff was like, 
because and, and I love this by the way, Dylan. I'm not sure how your mom because you watch it with your mom, right? Yes, usually. Yeah. yeah, I watch it with my dad, and I'm sure she's screaming at the TV like my dad. He's like, I can't stand how these new players all they do is tell secrets. They can't keep their mouth shut. They all they do is share, and it makes no sense. And luckily, Jeff explained it for me, where he was like. People share things nowadays because they see information as currency. And by sharing information with people, you make your bonds stronger. So that's why, like, when Cody gets the beware advantage, he immediately tells Jesse and Neca because he's like, hey, I might lose my vote. I need your help tonight. So that's why people share information. So I'm glad Jeff could set the record straight about why people have big mouths nowadays. Right. So everyone, everyone knows Cody as the idol. But I also think that in a sense that they're going to keep Cody around because he has the idols. Like, you know where the – it is. it's it's one of those theories, again, it's like you may as well keep – you could keep a guy in the game if you know where the idol is. Like, you could pr- protect yourself against the idol. As long as you don't, you know, make a move that's putting yourself at risk of going home uh, because of the idol. Like, it's important to, you know, keep that guy in because you know where the idol is. Um, and that's valuable. So I, I think that, you know, in a way in this scenario – not only did Cody telling people about the idol help him get the beads, I think it potentially helps him strengthen his alliance for sure and could keep him in this game for a lot longer. Yeah. I mean, and also it's funny when uh, – I, I was thinking about this. I was thinking about how would I try to get the beads because the thing is that you don't want to make up a huge lie and then you look like a complete like jerk. Like, I mean, I, I, first, I first thought, you know, Cody was going to say like, oh, I want the beads like for my friend – that passed away and i was like oh shoot like if he lies about that then he looks like a really bad person if he does that so i'm like what could you say to people about getting the beads and he had the good idea about his hat cody's hat was i guess the biggest prop of the episode and he wanted to get the beats for it which was smart because i think people would have been a lot more uh, suspicious if he, if he said can i have a bead for my hat and then noel goes oh yeah here's a bead he goes no i actually i, I want this one in particular like she'd be like why do you need that bead so I think it was smart that he just asked for the bracelets in order to get this. Um, but I don't, I still would have been very skeptical and maybe that's just us as super fans. But I, I remember back in Cambodia, I don't know if you, you remember this, but there was an episode where Kelly Wentworth wakes up and she sees Cass taking beads off of torches. And she's like, Cass is making a fake idol. I'm going to go expose Cass. And then Cass says to her, I was making a bracelet for your birthday. And it was Cass being a better social player. So I would have been extremely skeptical if Cody asked me for my bracelets. That you know, it's funny you say that. Like Cambodia was also like the most like strategic season we've ever we've ever seen. So it's like they were that level of gameplay was so, so high. It's why it's mm-hmm. like my favorite season ever. Um that like I, I don't I just think it's it's like a little bit different. It's like you're there you're playing with people everyone who's played the game before. Here mm-hmm. it's like all right. I think, you know, this goes back to social, uh, social awareness, self-awareness, why it's so important to be self-aware and survivor. It's like, you know, Cody knows, you know, how he is. He, he mm-hmm. says it to us in confessionals. He says he understands who he is as a person and how other people view him. He could pull this off. He could just be like, I'm wearing a hat to tribal. This is a hat I already made. I already have. Can you give me your beads? I want it to look cool. And I want to wrap around. Like, I, like this is just, like, it, it you know, it's like that, that season's like, everyone was like so much on the lookout for like that kind of stuff. This it's like, mm-hmm. Cody knows he's not Cass. Cody knows he's not some super strategic player or at least viewed like that at first mm-hmm. right now. Um, so he just, he asked for all the beats. He's able to get it from his two Alliance members easily. And then, 
you know, I, I think, I think the Noel thing, I don't really think there was a protest there. I think it was more of like a playful, like, I'm not actually going to give it to you. Like, I don't actually think it was an issue. I think it just like for the episode purpose, it like worked out that they, ed- they were able to edit it that way. Um, yeah. I'm curious to see if anyone sniffs out that this is a potential advantage type thing in the other two tribes. Okay. So here's the question though. Because they get rid of the phrases, I know Lightning asked about that in the chats, but because they got they got rid of the phrases this season, um, does that mean that the yellow and blue tribes uh beware advantage is also the bracelets uh thing? Or is it a different type of social mission that they must accomplish? I would assume it's some type of social mission. I don't know if they're all the same because the phrases weren't all the same. Um, maybe it's it's like a slight spin on it. But I would imagine if, let's just say it's Ellie and let's just say it's Lindsay, for example, if they get their tribes beware advantages, do we see the same mission or do we see like a slight variation of the mission? Interesting question. Now, before you answer real quick, just want to remind that everybody who's watching this chat right now, be sure to drop your questions. We're about to answer all of them. Anything you have, just be sure to drop it in the chat. But that's a good question, Ryan. I think we're going to see them all have the same mission. Just because I feel like it would be, you know, you don't want it to be viewed as unfair for other people to see one mission is harder than the other. And then you're like, well, this person got screwed because they had a much harder mission than Cody had. Um, yes, that's part of the game. Yes, it's just it is what it is. But I also think that I, I think it's a fun mission. It's a fun mission to watch. I think it's different with every tribe. It's different with every person who gets it. I think it's going to be the same exact thing for the other tribes. And I'm curious to see if you know a player says something seems off here based on maybe how the person is acting. Um, something seems off based on, you know, why they're just asking for all these beads. That seems like a, not a normal thing to do. You know, we just saw these phrases in season 41. I know to look out for weird things going on. I'm curious to see if anyone says that I couldn't, I find it hard to believe that, that anybody in this game that gets that type of thing on the other two tribes has as easy of a time getting the beads as Cody did. That was, it was a masterclass. Like, I'm not even kidding. That was perfect. He did a perfect job at that. Yeah, I mean, Cody being the goofy guy that he is has certainly helped him. I mean, I, I think it also just, just comes down to how trusting do people see you as? I mean, granted, this is day five or six. Like, it's still really early in the game. You've bar- you barely know these people. Um, I guess you could argue someone that has a great social game, maybe like Sammy or like Ellie, they could have maybe pulled it off. Whereas someone like Gabler probably couldn't have pulled it off but i I do agree that uh a great social game and a a less threatening demeanor is one that would help you do this um and yeah i'll be curious to see if other people sniff it out and then when we get back to camp after tribal next week i'll be curious to see if um if like dwight or if uh what's what's her name if dwight or noel are like oh is that why you wanted our bracelets um is that why you have an idol now like what was that all about i'm wondering if they'll question him about it Uh, the one last thing i'll add about this though is that i loved how we didn't know that he got it or not dylan because they've done this very rarely they don't do it all the time in survivor we usually know before tribal but every now and then they don't reveal if somebody accomplished something or not, and it makes it all the more fun because it keeps us guessing all tribal. Like I texted you, I was like, I said, all tribal, I'm looking at his hat. I'm looking at Noel's wrist to see, did he get this bracelet? I remember back to Micronesia where Amanda, um, we she was dig- digging in the beach for an idol before tribal and, we, and they cut to commercial and we never know if she finds it or not. And then right before the vote, she pulls it out and she saves herself that night. So I love to see when the editors keep us in the dark until right before. 
absolutely love that. Love, uh, I'm going to say it again, love the actual beware advantage um, in this season specifically, in this episode specifically. Love it. Um, this was a really fun episode. I really liked it. Once again, Ramon, to remind you that if you are watching this, be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel if you aren't already. really helped us out. But let's get to the questions that we have in the chat. It looks like yeah. we have a couple here um, from Lightning Blitz right here. Uh, Ryan and Dylan, do you believe that playing the middle is the ideal way of playing Survivor? I, I mean, this is a great question because I think it does depend on – you know, who you are, the game you want to play. It depends on your season, your season team. It depends on so many different factors. I mean, like you can talk to someone like a Danny from 41 and Danny is somebody who is loyal and he will ride with his crew until they're just, I mean, he, I mean, he was going to ride with Shan and Liana, I think until um, they didn't trust Shan anymore. But I mean, you could play the loyal game and if people don't see you as a threat and you make it to the end, you can say that you didn't backstab anybody. The jury won't be mad at you and you can win. I think the ideal way of playing, because it's such a hard question, because is there one true way of playing? I mean, Michelle's game is not the same as Tony's game. He's not the same as Natalie's game or Russell or Sandra, whatever. So I think Lightning, a great way to play the game, if you can do it well, is playing the middle. If you give yourself a lot of options, you can swing one way or the other, and you're able to do it in a way that people won't be mad at you for the swing and you can continue to keep those bonds. That's a great way of playing to give yourself different avenues to explore. And it also prevents you in case people come after you, you have a shield, you have other options. I think I always say on the podcast that you can't necessarily play too hard, but you can play too sloppy. So in Jesse and Carla's case, people who are riding the middle, then if you can maintain that middle and do it well, We'll see if next week Jesse can handle Dwight being upset. But if you can ride the middle well, it's a great place to be in. And you won't get a lot of looks if you do it well. But it is a risky way of playing too. Yeah, I would say it's high risk, high reward. That's that's basically you know the way to sum it up here. But I think you summed it up perfectly, Ryan. Uh, now we have another question from uh, Lightning Blitz here uh, who says, Jeff reminded the Baca tribe to get their piece out of the bag. But he did not do it for the Vessi tribe. Would you can would you both consider this unfair? So again, they they cut everything, they edit everything. Maybe he did tell them to get it out of the bag. Now we did see that they kind of left a piece in the bag. Um, maybe Jeff didn't see that they left a piece in the bag. Is that is that possible? Um, I never really thought. I never. I didn't really think of this as the as the uh, challenge was going on. It was like they were struggling so much. Maybe Jeff was like focused on. Uh, the other tribes about to finish like, and you know, he calls the challenge. He has to watch what's going on. So maybe he just didn't see it and he didn't, he didn't call it out. Um, maybe he did call it out and it was just later than later than uh, the other one. Like, I, I don't really know. Uh, I wouldn't say this is unfair. Like they were already so far behind. So I don't think they were going to win anyway. Um, yeah. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah. I mean, I think you summed this one up pretty well. Like we don't see everything. Like we could talk to Justine. Uh, I mean, we could see Justine's interviews tomorrow whenever NECA um, leaves the game, we could see her interviews and they may, and people might ask them, Oh, did Jeff mention this? And they might say yes. And we just didn't hear him or no, he didn't. So we don't know what they leave on the cutting room floor. So I think it is a fair point. My guess similar to Dylan's though, is he probably did say it and they just didn't hear him. Or I think the more likely explanation is that he just didn't see them taking the pieces out and maybe didn't notice that NECA had thrown it to the side. Maybe he, if he had saw that, he would have said, oh, don't forget all your pieces, guys. But, you know, maybe he didn't even see it. 
I mean, technically Occam's razor would state that the most simple explanation is the the right one. So it, it might just be that he didn't even see that. He's looking over at the blue tribe. So we'll see. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Uh don't have much else to say about this episode. Uh, thank you, Lightning Blitz, for your questions. Yep. Uh, if anyone has last-minute questions, also feel free to drop them in. But uh, that's pretty much all I got for this episode. Um, I think mm. we're in for a good season. I mean, I, I know I feel like I say this every season, but this cast, I feel like I know a lot more about them earlier than I did 41 and 42. Again, 42 turned into a fantastic season. 41, not so mm. much. Um but I do feel like I know this cast pretty well through two episodes. Uh, I feel like I have people I like through this, these two episodes, people I'm rooting for. And that's great to see through two, only two episodes, I should say. Great to see. Yeah, still a long way to go. We still have 16 people left, um, but I'm enjoying it so far. I think we have, like I said last week, we have some characters. We have some strategists. And I really do think that we are in for a fun ride. The good thing is that I saw like only ha- like a second of the preview, so I don't remember what was discussed specifically. But each tribe has their moments of like the first two weeks almost was like, I mean, you think of it like Game of Thrones, like where they they set certain things up for an eventual conflict. And the first two episodes, like Dylan, we talked about, oh, we see this is how the blue tribe is laid out. We see this is how the red tribe is laid out. How the yellow tribe is laid out. There's some kumbaya, but there's also like different ways it could split. And then in the preview, it's like, oh, well, this person said this, or this person did this. And it's like, well, now this person has to go. So I think we're finally going to see some of these different divisions really clash next week. So I'm looking forward to seeing how these players navigate it. Yeah, I'm really excited to see what happens. I'm excited to see the Buer advantage hit the other tribes. Mm-hmm. And look, let's hope for the rest of the great season. A quick programming note next week. Um I already know that I have a work conflict next week, so I will likely not be on the podcast next week, but we may have a, uh, we likely, you know, tentatively right now, at least <clears throat> seemingly locked in uh, Hef, who is our uh, former podcast host, uh, to come in and fill in for me with Ryan. So we will likely have Ryan and Hef next week podcasting um, normal time following the episode at 915 uh, excited to hear their thoughts on it next week and watch the podcast as a spectator this time. So <laughs> yeah, it should be fun. Uh, I, I will say I, I am doing some moving in the next week. So like Dylan said, assuming my internet gets set up and everything is ready to go, then I would be live with Hef at the normal nine fifteen time next week. So we will see what happens. Just stay posted. Yep. Yes, sir. And all that's, right. all, that's all we got. So like normal uh grab your beads grab grab your torches got nothing else for you and head back to camp good night